This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 2nd, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. When PragerU announced that it believed Google was skewing results for searches of PragerU, the result was a rather large self-own. But the claim that big platforms for speech may be illegally biased against conservatives reveals either a misunderstanding of the relevant federal law or a refusal to appreciate that the First Amendment protects both speech and association. Cato's Matthew Feeney comments. PragerU, uh, shorthand for Prager University, is uh, a website. I, I, I think it's fair to call it an advocacy organization that uh, provides, tries to demystify a lot of uh, issues for their audience. And uh, recently posted on Twitter uh, a couple of things. One is that uh, they, uh, according to them, they are prohibited from uh, purchasing ads on Twitter. And another was a an image of a Google autocomplete form in which uh, they seemed the autocomplete seemed to indicate that they were going to be pointed toward results that would have give people a negative impression of PragerU. A lot of people jumped in and said, "Hey, I do that same autocomplete thing, and uh, I get very different results." Which, of course, is sort of how algorithms work when it comes to. Uh, what Google thinks you might like to see. And uh, a lot of this, you know, you, you, my inclination is to say, oh, well, you know, you just don't understand how a lot of this stuff works. Uh, but my inclination is also, if you do understand how this stuff works, it seems like a pretty cynical way to sort of beef up your audience. So for the benefit of our listeners, what is the fundamental mistake, uh, if they are indeed making a mistake, uh, that PragerU is making with respect to how they are treated on internet platforms? Well, that's uh, that's a good place to start. I, I think it's worth emphasizing what you outlined at the beginning, namely that uh, unsurprisingly, uh, people will get different search results uh, depending on the machine that they're using Google from. Uh, many listeners will be familiar with the uh, the series of tweets that you've just discussed showing that when people type in certain search terms such as PragerU is, you'll get autocomplete recommendations that uh, that sometimes are unflattering to PragerU, uh, but it's worth emphasizing that Google is is trying to give users the the best results based on a, a host of factors, and two users will get different search results. Our, our colleague Julian had uh, quite a bit of fun, I think, uh, tweeting examples of this. And in preparation for this podcast, I compared uh, my Google autocomplete results with uh, my colleague Emily Eakins, and we have different uh, search uh, autocomplete recommendations. And that's not a surprise. But this kind of concern is fitting into uh, an important debate that's happening at the moment, namely, how should the government be regulating uh, so-called big tech? Uh, and that applies to uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the big ones. And PragerU, I think, is an especially important player uh, in this debate because its founder, uh, Dennis Prager, was invited recently by Senator Cruz to testify on Google censorship. And this is this is important when when people with the uh, with that kind of uh, that kind of reach are taking part in debates that could change the internet fundamentally. I think it behooves us to consider their claims and to take account of the fact that 
oftentimes these accusations of censorship or bias are based on a misunderstanding of how these companies work and function. Uh, but more worryingly, the implication for such understanding is a change to law, uh, which would change the internet as we know it. So what is that uh, misunderstanding? I think it's fair to say that there are some people who believe that there is a concerted, organized, anti-conservative uh, campaign in Silicon Valley and that uh, employees at companies such as Facebook, YouTube, Twitter are taking active steps to make sure that fewer people can see conservative content. What's interesting about this claim is that I think it's, uh, it doesn't stand up to, to scrutiny. The organization NetChoice, for example, took the decision to analyze YouTube's uh, treatment of PragerU. Uh, PragerU uh, puts out a ton of videos that uh, people can find on YouTube quite easily. But what's interesting is some, some YouTube users will opt into something called restricted mode, uh, whether they have children or personal preferences, which restricts the uh, number of videos that you might see uh, if the videos include uh, sexual situations, violent profanity, the discussion of mature subjects. And what NetChoice found is that only 12% of PragerU videos are actually put in these, uh, put in the category, these categories, so are in restricted mode. That's only 12%, but uh, compared to The Daily Show, The Young Turks, and Democracy Now!, which are hardly right-wing uh, channels, PragerU seems to fare rather favorably. Uh, about uh, more than half of Daily Show videos, almost three-quarters of Young Turks videos are put in this restricted mode. And I think once people consider that, it shouldn't be that surprising. If you use profanity a lot, uh, which certainly can show up in, in some of these videos uh, that, that we've discussed, that, that will uh, impact restricted mode. But also discussions of uh, sexual situations, trans issues, uh, discussions about gun violence, all that puts you at risk of uh, having videos restricted. And that's the kind of uh, example of data and analysis that I wish we saw more of because uh, PragerU, with these accusations of anti-conservative bias, are seeking to change a crucial piece of legislation, uh, Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. All right. So Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, mm -hmm. uh, how does it treat platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Google, and others? Mm -hmm. uh, Section 230 was passed in 1996, and it's been described as uh, I think not with that much hyperbole as the 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 legislation that created the internet uh, as we know it, or at least allows the internet as we know it to function. The crucial part of uh, Section 230 that people uh, are, are constantly discussing these days is uh, Section 230C1, which reads, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. And what that means is that uh, Facebook, for example, cannot be treated as the publisher of your Facebook post, Caleb. Uh, it does not, despite what many people seem to think, make a distinction between platforms and publishers. Uh, for example, uh, the New York Times is a publisher. It publishes op-eds and articles, uh, but uh, it, it also hosts a comment section which enjoys 230 protection. 
And it's a very, very important uh, piece of legislation uh, because absent this kind of protection from liability, uh, you you can wave goodbye to social media as we know it. So there is no uh, distinction in 230 between platforms uh, and publishers. Again, it's talking about interactive computer services. But another misunderstanding associated with Section 230 is that it's somehow predicated on some demonstrated political neutrality. Uh, This is, uh, for baffling reasons, constantly mentioned by Senator Cruz, who uh, is very uh, involved in these issues. But the fact is, and this is important, let's grant that even if there is a concerted anti-conservative effort in Silicon Valley and that they are actively engaging in what people are describing as censorship, it would be completely legal for them to do this. And this puts libertarians, I think, in an interesting position where we're trying to talk about policy, about the importance of a vibrant, entrepreneurial, functional internet. But we want to also make sure that that people know that uh, the freedom of speech and a limited government means that private firms should be left to make up their own rules about what content they allow. So even if it was the case that YouTube was trying to actively censor, uh, as they put it, uh, PragerU, uh, it wouldn't be illegal, and nor nor should it be. You know, maybe it's uh, too soon to tell. Has are you aware of PragerU doing a deep dive into Section Two Thirty of the Communications Decency Act? Well, it depends what you mean by deep dive. There have been uh, they've certainly filed a few lawsuits. Uh, they've lost every single one that they've bought. I find it uh, hard to believe that someone at PragerU hasn't done some sort of deep dive on Two Thirty. Uh, the it, it's fine, I think, to have a discussion about maybe amending 230. Uh, Senator Hawley, for example, has introduced amendments, and there have been discussions on the left and the right about maybe tweaking it. But I don't think uh, that means if if you if you want it amended, that you should misconstrue what it says currently. Uh, we should all endeavor to be accurate when talking about what 230 says. Uh, and if you're not happy with it, then suggest amendments or changes, but uh, don't don't uh, misrepresent what it actually requires. Matthew Feeney directs Cato's project on emerging technologies. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 